tragedy strikes too close to home. I'm going to tell you about that. Also, the biggest crime in the USA. I know what it is, and I'm going to tell you, and why I don't fear AI. All that and more coming up on the Carell Cast right about now. Uncensored, unfiltered, unhinged. It's the Carell Cast. Listen daily on your favorite streaming service. It is the Carell Cast. I am Carell. So very glad you are joining me. You're going to see some photos here very quickly, and it's going to speak to... Uh, there it is. There I am in a cockpit with Tyler Bannister and Ember. Uh, and this was on a plane nine days ago here in Las Vegas. I went over and I saw Tyler. Now, Tyler, as you see there, carries sick patients, and he's uh, that's a patient being taken off the plane there. Uh, that's what he does. He flies patients around from Reno, uh, to other area hospitals or other places that they might need to be. Uh, it's called Medivac, uh, and he's been doing it now for some time. And that's the plane that he does it on, that plane that you've been seeing. You'll see it again in a quick second. Um, you know, a lot of us see news stories, uh, and we just, they're tragic. Uh, and we look at them, and then we just flip, you know, flip, flip. Uh, we don't realize that there are real people involved in these national news stories, and I happen to be one because my friend is involved. And how many of you have a friend that may be hurting, uh, that may be going through something extraordinary, and you, you really don't know how to help them? Because what they're going through is, in fact, extraordinary, and they're going to have to just process it. They're going to have to go through and do the work and get through the stages of grief and, you know, get their life back, you know, and their head back right. Tyler has been a pilot, uh, first in the National Guard uh, and now in small planes, well, for years, ever since I've known him. I helped him get his pilot's license by studying with him. Uh, and I'm so proud of him, as you can see in this picture here in the cockpit. I was very, very proud of Tyler. Um, and so he called me a few days ago uh, and said, I'm okay. And I said, okay, why wouldn't you be okay? Uh, and he said, have you seen the news this morning? I said, no, I have not. And he said, my plane went down and five people died. And I just, I literally just fell. And I'm like, obviously you weren't the pilot. And he said, no, it was my two days off. It was a, another pilot, uh, two nurses, a patient. I'm sitting on the patient's bed there in that photo. That's where the patient would be. Uh, a patient uh, and their wife. So five people, two medical crew, patient, wife, and pilot. Uh, they went down outside of Reno about 30, 40 miles. They just fell off the radar. And it's Tyler's plane that he used, that plane right there that you're looking at in that picture. Uh, that's Tyler's plane that he flies. And that's the plane I went on. And that's the plane that went down. Uh, and so I don't know how to help someone who, you know, they should have been on that plane. In other words, it's, it's his plane. And if it hadn't been his day off, you know, he, he would have been on that plane. And so, you know, how do you comfort somebody when they've experienced a real tragedy? And, and I might add that he knew, you know, these colleagues, these, it affects everybody. You know, his whole workplace is affected by this, as you can imagine. And so I'm trying to help him through it. He's, you know, having nightmares and all this other stuff because 
the plane that he flies on a regular basis, the plane that I was on just eight or nine days ago, went down and killed five people. And he's mad. He's mad that they're trying to blame the pilot without even knowing what happened. We won't know what happened for some time. And people, oh, it must be pilot error. It must be. We don't know. But of course, people are going to jump in like they always do. People always jump in and weigh an opinion on something that does not affect their life in any way, shape, or form. Why would you form an opinion about a plane crash if you're not the NTSB? Mind your business. But of course, there's none of that these days. We are, all online is is forming opinions about things that are not your business, that don't affect your world. I did it. I'm guilty, not about this crash, about Sam Smith. I realize now last week when I went off about him here on the show and, you know, well, David Bowie did it better, this, that, the other thing. What does it matter to me, Carell in Las Vegas, what Sam Smith wants to wear on stage or in videos? If I like his music, listen. If I don't, turn it off. It doesn't matter to me a bit. Like the gay thing. Why does it matter so much to America that who's gay and who isn't? None of your damn business. Mind your business. You don't get an opinion on someone's sexuality. Even I have weighed in on the trans controversy. I have no right. I am not trans. It does not affect my life in any way, shape, or form. I ought to keep my damn mouth shut about trans. J.K. Rowling's. We weigh in about so much stuff that doesn't affect our lives. Meanwhile, things like the Voting Rights Act, which is about to disappear, as emailer Mike will tell us, you know, that's in danger. But do you care? Are you rendering opinion? No, of course not. Why? Too busy talking about Sam Smith or what other controversy du jour? What did Elon Musk fart out of his mouth today or whatever? We're so involved in things that just don't involve us. And yet the stuff that does involve us, that we should be involved in, we're not involved in. And then these news stories of tragedies, mass shootings, whatever, plane crashes. Oh, yeah, that's tragic. And we just scroll. It's not tragic. It's incomprehensible that this plane that I was on went down and five lives, two nurses, one patient, one wife, and one pilot are gone. That's five families. That's, that's countless parents, grandparents, brothers, sisters, all of them suddenly having to deal with the fact that their loved ones went down in a snowstorm. It's weird to be that close to this. It's weird to have been on that plane eight days ago. It's weird to not be able to help my friend in any other way except listen. I can't erase this for him. I can't make this have not happened. He is broken up by it. And now he can't fly because the, the company has grounded all the planes until they go over all of them and all of this. So he's going into work every day and just sitting there. He wants to get back in the sky so he doesn't get afraid. It's like a motorcycle. When you go down, you got to get back on it or you won't. And he can't. Real people were affected by that story in the news of the plane going down. And one of those real people is me. I was texting them for like an hour and a half this morning. You know, he didn't, he barely slept last night. He's having real trouble with the fact that the plane that he normally flies, you know, his company plane, the plane that his company always puts him in, went down on his day off. Yes, we all feel so lucky. I can't help it. I don't want to be guilty about it, but 
I was like, thank, oh, thank the universe he wasn't on that plane. I'm not saying that the other pilot or whatever is a less of a loss. It's just less of a loss to me. And so what do you do? How do you help a friend so connected to a national tragedy, something that's in the news? Well, as someone who's been in the news quite a bit, I told him you have to step back. He's angry. Angry people are blaming the pilot without even knowing. I said, you can't, you can't pay attention to people right now because people are always up in business that is not theirs. That's what they do now. That's their whole pastime, a national pastime of just sniping and commenting negative comments online, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever, in the media. The media has become the same way. The media continually weighs on, on on things that are none of the media's business and none of yours. And yet there are stories on the news every day. It's none of your business. How much reporting has gone on about the gay stuff even today? For a, a, a governor punishing a private company because they spoke out against his unfair gay policy in Florida. And now Disney has had their district rights revoked that they've had for 50 years, making them an autonomous district. They're in charge of police, of fire, of everything. And now they're not because Ron DeSantis deemed it so as a punitive measure, a governor taking a punitive measure against private business for their support of the gay community. Disney should leave Florida. They should leave. Oh, they could never. Yes, they could. They built that theme park in five years. So I'm really close to this story. I don't know how to help my friend. And it's really, really weird. All right, when we come back, I watch a lot of crime TV, and now I figured out the biggest crime in America. What is it? If you're not visiting reallycorel.com daily, you're missing out. Get the podcast videos and the blog, including recipes, at reallycorel.com. That's really K-A-R-E-L.com. Uncensored. Unfiltered. Unhinged. It's the Corelcast. It is the Corelcast, and I am Corel. I watch a lot of crime TV, and I have my whole life, from 1 out of 12 to Dragnet... Uh, right up till now, we're the real ones. Night Watch, uh, set in New Orleans, New Orleans. Uh, there's a new one on Netflix called Flint Patrol, and it's the cops in Flint. Do you know in Flint, Michigan, there's only 98 police officers for the whole city because of budget cuts? 98 for the whole city. At any given time, they only have 10 cop cars out in the whole city. And we allow this to happen. This is, this is okay with America. So yesterday, Steve and I were watching some of these shows, and we were watching them deliver, or uh, deliver, yeah. We are watching them do a high-risk warrant where they bust in with a battering ram, police, police, and they got the whole SWAT team there, and they rush in, and there's flashbangs. And what's the crime that the person normally on the inside has committed? A drug crime. A drug crime. Distribution, sale, maybe a weapons charge. You know, weapons, which are legal. So a weapons charge in America is really weird for me. Oh, you have a gun. That's a stolen. That's an illegal gun. How can any gun be illegal when guns are legal? You know, but whatever. That's, again, and let me tell you why. If I had to ask you all, 
right now to comment down below. What's the biggest crime in America? And I mean this, an actual crime. Would you say murder? That's, that's a capital offense. It's a big crime. Would you say treason? Uh, like has gone on with Donald Trump and Ivanka and Jared and Don Jr. and Josh Howley. And I could go down the list of all the seditionist traitors. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, uh, Ted Cruz, on and on. So is treason the biggest crime in America? Is murder the biggest crime? What do you believe? Comment down below. What do you think the biggest crime in America is? Because I'm about to tell you. And you're going to be like, hmm? Like, what? The biggest crime in America is poverty. That is the most punishable offense in the United States. And the proof is that Donald Trump is not in jail, by the way. That, that's the proof. You know, Trump and all those people I named aren't in jail. They're not poor. They committed heinous crimes against every member of the United States. Top secret documents. Reality winner, she was poor. She went to jail that fast for the, for the document, one document. Trump had 50. Not in jail. Treason. Not in jail. Vote tampering. Not in jail. And look around you. The biggest criminals are corporations and rich people. The rich people who run the corporations. War profiteering is a crime. That's a huge crime. And yet, no one's gone to jail for $7 loaves of bread and four, or $6 yesterday, $6 head of cauliflower. That's, that should be criminal. Extorting humans for food, that should be criminal. They've posted record profits, the grocery companies, all seven of them, record profits. And you're struggling. That should be a crime. It's not. Why? Because rich people are not affected. If you are poor, you have to do stuff that others don't. Sometimes that stuff is illegal because the only way to make money where you're at, sell drugs, and do other things that are, in fact, illegal. Drive your car when it's not registered. Drive your car when it's not, you know, fit for the street. You know, yesterday, a hoopty parked in front of Steve Cabral's house. And he went out and said, do you live here? And they're like, no. And he's like, well, are you visiting someone here? And they're like, no. And he said, then you can't park there. And I said, what made him think he could park in front of your house if he's not living or visiting? And he put it on the street and Steve went and saw, and of course, it's not registered. And the windshield's broken. And so if he leaves it on the street, it'll get taken from him, stolen by the police and held for ransom. Because when they tow your car for not being registered, that's stealing it. And then they hold it for a ransom and if you can't pay it, because why? You're poor. What happens? The tow lot gets your car. The rich tow lot. How'd they get rich? By selling poor people's cars. I could give you 100 crimes that the sole purpose of the crime is because you're poor. Failure to appear. How many of you, when you were younger, had failure to appears and you would look over your shoulder every time you saw a cop thinking, oh, am I going to get arrested? In New Orleans on, on Nightwatch, Three times they've run and caused car crashes. Why? They had a failure to appear. So they were poor, couldn't pay a ticket. So now another cop tries to stop them and they just figure, uh-uh, I take, and they take off. Then they're charged with all these crimes. Why? Because they're poor. Being poor 
is the number one offense in America. We don't like poor people, and yet we're all poor. You know, you frown on my friend Corey over in the park because he sleeps in a sleeping bag. Well, if he really wanted to get out of that sleeping bag, he could. Could he? Are there, you know, Las Vegas just got $15 million to help the homeless. Ain't going to help Corey one bit. Which is why that money is all wasted. I do not believe for a moment one more cent should be poured into homeless services. They get billions of dollars nationally as it is, and they don't do anything with it. Look at L.A., look at San Francisco. All that money that they get for homeless services, and the homeless never see the service. Why? Because they're poor. The rich people see the service, get to see that 15. Oh, that money goes into the city's account, it accrues interest, other programs could have it. The people that hire themselves to do these magnanimous programs, they get paychecks. But the poor people, they get arrested. You can be arrested for vagrancy, for not actually having any money. Poverty is a crime. We have criminalized so much of poverty. You want to turn to substances because your existence is so horrible? Alcohol, marijuana, whatever else. Crime, 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 crime. Poverty is being poor is the number one crime in this country. It's the, it's the cause of two thirds of all police actions are because the person is poor. Meanwhile, we're all wrapped up in this Murdoch trial. The Murdoch, you know, there's the Murdoch mystery on Netflix and the real life trial is going on. Rich, rich beyond belief, addicted to Oxy. Five murders attached to this family. Five. A girl in a boating accident. She'll never get justice because the Murdoch that did it ended up being killed by the father. And so... The girl will never get justice. The maid was thrown down the stairs and dead. She knew too much. No justice for her yet. A young gay guy was screwing around with one of the sons, one of the Murdoch sons. He ended up dead. No one's paid for his crime yet. Why? Rich. Oh, the poor people, the poor maid, the poor gay guy, they're dead. No one cares about that. The poor girl in the boat, she wasn't a Murdoch. But if a Murdoch was murdered... There would have been justice immediately. Being poor in America is the biggest crime you can commit. And when you do commit that crime, you are punished for it. We love to punish poor people. Give them food stamps, but don't give them enough to really eat. $243 a month when one trip to the grocery store is now $100. Oh, and if they make more than $25,000 a year, which is two grand a month, which they can't live on, but if they make more than that, they don't get any social services. We love to punish the poor. Let's make them live in the worst places. You know, the city's like, I want to move to San Francisco. Will one of you please give me a guest house or something? One of you rich old people, leave it to me in your will, because there's no other way I'm going to live there. Any of you listeners have a guest house for me because I want to live in San Francisco now. Why? Climate change. But I can't because I'm poor. Where do we live? In the places that are suffering from climate change. Poor people get punished every day and no one cares. No one cares because everyone thinks they're going to be rich. They're not. No one cares. Who cares about how much food stamps are given? Who, who cares about how much social aid is given? It's not enough. Have you been to projects recently and looked around how people are forced to live because they're poor? 
Go to a hotel and rent the cheap room. Then look at the expensive room. You're being punished. On an airplane, you are punished for being poor. You are crammed in, offered no service. Why? Because you're poor. You should be happy you're on the damn plane. The biggest crime in America is poverty. And we all pay the price every day. When we come back, all this talk about AI and how everyone fears it. Don't fear it. I'll tell you why. Make your device a whole lot smarter. Get the Corel Cast app free at the app store of your choice now. Uncensored, unfiltered, unhinged. It's the Corel Cast. Hello, it is the Corel Cast. I am Corel. It's Monday. I'm almost out of here. Have y'all heard about this chat bot, the chat GDP, and how everyone's like, oh my God, this AI, this reporter did an interview for three hours with this AI from Google, and it just totally said it wanted to destroy the world and hack everybody and blah, 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 and we can't let this happen, and the Terminator movie, and everyone says if computers ever take over the world, they'll do away with humans. And I'm like, I'm not going to fear AI, artificial intelligence. First of all, Ultimately, if you're a human, even if these, these machines make robots to defend themselves or whatever, ultimately, you can turn it off. A simple EMP, electromagnetic pulse, would get rid of it like that. Be no more AI. Period. Oh, well, it could protect itself. It could shield itself. No, it can't. Okay? Second of all, I don't fear artificial intelligence because who's programming it? Who's designing it? God, some divine being. I wish it were divine, meaning, you know, divine. Uh, <laughs> what, her, what would her, <laughs> someone has sent me a bowel movement. That would be her AI. So humans are creating this artificial intelligence and they're using their intelligence to do it. That's why I don't fear AI. We are imperfect beings. Every human, everywhere, is imperfect. None of us are perfect. And that means, as imperfect beings, we are incapable of creating perfect. It's, we can't. Everything humans make breaks down, needs repair, malfunctions, whatever it might be. Or has some sort of way that you can disable it. Why? Because humans are imperfect beings. And imperfect beings cannot make a perfect entity. So everyone that's fearing this artificial intelligence taking over, A, you're assuming it's going to become smarter than humans. It's not. Why? Humans made it. Yeah, but humans don't have the computing power it does. Oh, it might be book smarter than humans. It might have more knowledge than humans. That doesn't make it perfect. Knowledge doesn't make you perfect. You know what? I don't fear AI because it doesn't have emotions and it's made by people who do. Our imperfection is what makes us perfect. Our ability to feel, 
to think, to reason, our ability to be illogical. Mr. Spock would agree. <laughs> our ability to spit in the face of logic is why we'd always win in a battle with something that can't spit in the face of logic. You can fight a logical being by being illogical. Spock showed us that in Star Trek. You don't, if you're going up against a perfect idea of logic, then do something it doesn't expect. And only a human can do that. Okay? Only a human. Not a machine. A machine can't love. It can't feel. Well, how do you know, Carell? I know. I know. Oh, it can mimic it. Machine, AI is like a sociopath, okay? Like in the show you. A sociopath learns how to mimic human emotion, okay? A sociopath knows when they should hug somebody. They don't want to hug anybody. They don't care if they ever hug anybody. They'd rather kill somebody. But they know that in this situation, you hug somebody. In this situation, you shake that person's hand. In this situation, you say, I'm sorry. They're not sorry, but they know that in that situation, that's what you do. And their sentiment often appears genuine, sociopaths. So all we are really creating are sociopathic computers. Computers that will mimic human emotion because they're told this is how you feel at that moment, but they don't feel. You don't know that, Carell. I do. I ultimately do. Am I being specious and did I see, you know, Bicentennial Man? I did. Can computers one day evolve to where they mimic emotion? Absolutely. But so can people. We mimic. How many times have you acted concerned when you weren't? How many times have you paid attention in a meeting when you couldn't give a rat's tuchus? How many times have you said, oh, no, no, I'm so sorry that I'm just so, yeah, no. And inside you're going, couldn't have happened to a nicer person. We mimic emotion all the time. That's what computers will do. That's why I don't fear them. I don't fear anything made by man. Because man can ultimately control it. Why? Because we have one thing the computer doesn't. And one thing the AI doesn't. What is that, Carell? Humanity. Do you not value that? Humanity? Uh-oh, someone's coming to my door. There's going to be dogs barking here. We have one thing that computers will never have. And that is humanity. And that's why I don't fear it. And neither should you. You should not fear humanity. And you shouldn't fear AI. You know, we often fear these things that we don't understand. You don't understand artificial intelligence. You know, you don't get it. You don't understand it. So you fear it. You think it could become greater than you. Why would you think that a machine could become greater than mankind? Do you think that little of mankind? And some of you are like, yeah, I do. You know, well, don't. Don't fear it. Don't fear anything like that. That's, you know, ridiculous to fear something that we create. And, 
You know, that's dumb. It's dumb to fear something that we create. If, if it's that fearful, if AI has that risk, then why are we developing it? If we really believe that one day it could be the implement of our doom, then why don't we go back to Jurassic Park and say we were so busy worrying about whether or not we could, we forgot to ask ourselves whether or not we should. How about that? Why do we then self-perpetuate our own doom by saying we're going to create this thing that could ultimately destroy us? That's ridiculous. That is totally ridiculous. So no, I don't fear AI. I don't fear Skynet. I don't fear a Terminator-type scenario. I just don't. Because ultimately, if we made it, you know, it's like your dad said. I brought you in this world. I can take your ass out. And to chat, to chat GDP, I say the same thing. We brought your ass in this world. We can take your ass out. I am Corel. Be who you want to be, so long as it doesn't hurt anybody. See you on Wednesday. Bye. Hey, it's Corel. Ember and I would like to thank you for joining us today and remind you there's a way to never miss a thing, and that's by subscribing right now to my YouTube channel. Just click the subscribe button below or go to youtube.com forward slash reallycorel. That's youtube.com forward slash reallycorel for a world of great free content. And that content is kept free by the fabulous group of patrons of Patreon. Why not become one and show your support for the show? Just $5 a month or more and you're in. Go to patreon.com forward slash reallycorel. That's patreon.com forward slash reallycorel. My website is reallycorel.com and everything fabulous is there from the show to blog and recipes. Instagram and all social media are, you guessed it, Really Corel. And it couldn't get much easier by simply downloading the free Corelcast app at the app store of your choice. And then all the content from Corel Media will flow right on through. That's the free Corelcast app. Remember, I am Corel. Be who you want to be so I don't hurt anybody. And subscribe and participate today.